Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hey, welcome everybody to First Things First. Uh, every week on the First Things First podcast, we we invite in exciting and interesting and amazing people, and we get to listen to them talk a little bit about their their life story, their journey with with the Lord, and 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 life in shallow water and and other places. And today, I'm super honored to have joining me via satellite. By satellite, I mean Zoom. Uh, joining me via satellite today is my friend Ernest Hopkins. Ernest used to be a a, 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 a minister at uh, First Shallow Water for a long time. He was here for. Oh man, sorry, I had to sneeze. So he was here for a for a, a, a really a pivotal period of time in the history of our church. And many of you out there, if you've been a member at First Shallow Water, you know Ernest, and you uh, you've heard his jokes and his big laugh, and you and you've had a chance to hang out with him and get to know him. And so, so I'm super excited, Ernest, to invite you on to the podcast today. Um, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a, a, a little bit to our, our listeners and talk about maybe your family and tell us what you're doing with yourself these days. Well, hello, Brad, and hello, First Shallow Water and, and the uh, God's Kingdom Nature. I am uh, honored to be here. Uh, all those accolades that you throwed out, I don't know how many of those I meet. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of them and more, brother. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I um for a while, uh, from uh, 2011 till about 2015, 16, I was uh, the associate pastor at First uh, Shallow Water and uh, came there. Uh, I have my wife and I, Lexi, uh, have been married about 42 years. Mm. We have two daughters, uh, one uh, uh, police officer, uh, her and her husband in Arlington. The other one is... Uh, Director for Social Security Disability in Arkansas. Wow. We have five grandchildren. Mm. And one of them, uh, in, in conjunction with the Lord, is responsible for us moving from first shallow water to the DFW area. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the first grandson. That's right. Uh, yeah. My wife... Be- uh, you got to be close to those grandkids, Ernest. That's a, that is an important thing. Yeah, she spent more time here than she did with me. So I was losing my wife to another man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big deal right there. <laughs> yeah, and um, and and now I'm currently uh, an elder at uh, Metal Ridge Community Baptist Church here in Fort Worth. Man, that's awesome. So, so you, you served on staff here at, at First Shallow Water for uh, uh, about five years, roughly, right around in there. And I, well, I just want to say though that you know, for and many of you listen to the podcast, you might not know this, but Ernest is a legend. Like, uh, I hadn't even been here for very long whenever I started to hear Ernest Hopkins stories, and then whenever we were having our one hundred year anniversary, and people found out that you were coming. Coming to that man, they were fired yeah. up. So, so uh, you, uh, I, you, you are a very, very well loved person in our church and in, in our community. And 
and and so I just think it, it, it's wonderful to get a chance to kind of catch up with you and let our folks kind of hear a little bit about what's going on in your life and hear a little of your of your story. So can you talk a little bit, maybe maybe to start off, you want to talk a little bit about your time here at uh, at First Shallow Water and uh, and you know maybe how did God lead you here and what you know what what did God teach you while you were here? What do you what you know what are some favorite memories of your experience out here in Shallow Water, Texas? Yeah, absolutely. We can go there. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was pastoring. Uh, God had called me to pastor a small church uh, mm-hmm. in Lubbock. Uh, reluctantly, you know, when we said wrestle, we wrestle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we went, Lexi and I went to visit the church and um, there was a lot of pushback from both of us. Yeah. And so we just had to go into a lot of prayer right. and ask God, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And that is how we got introduced to First Shallow Water. Oh. The church was literally tumbling uh, I, I had a degree in, in business administration and, and also uh, had, had finished the uh, seminary. And so uh, the Lubbock Baptist Association asked what I consider uh, because the church was failing. Yeah. Uh, and I said, if, if, let us pray about it. We'll go visit the church. And, and we did. We went to visit one Sunday. And I'll I tell you, uh, that was probably the point that I looked at God and said, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he said, undoubtedly, yes, you yeah. go. And this is where you're going to be. And, and I did. And I went to the church and I did not have uh, the funds to get the church up and running. Uh, there was so much work need to be done in the building. Right. And so I reached out to several churches, uh, in in that, that Lubbock area, uh-huh. and and First Shallow Water responded immediately. Wow. There yeah. wasn't even a delay. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, they asked, "What can we do?" I said, "Well, my floors are falling apart. Uh, I need to get pews out so I can put chairs in." The, the, the it was it was in pretty bad shape, and so Shallow Water responded with the men's ministry. Wow. They came over and they worked for about 30 days wow. renovating yeah. the entire church. Wow. And so, yeah, the church was totally renovated. Uh, when we got through, uh, we went from about a handful of people mm-hmm. uh, and the church grew uh, spiritually and and physically mm. and financially. Yeah. Enough to self-sustain and to um, and to to. Um, get the church totally out of debt to pay the building off. They yeah. were out of debt. Wow. And that happened with about three years, man. Uh, but, but on my installation, I, I call uh, back and I asked would the church, please attend. Mm-hmm. And they showed up in force. Wow. <laughs> I mean, every, every, there were so many people from first style water. Uh, we didn't have the fire marshal came by and said, look, we're going to have to shut you down. <laughs> There's too many people in there. <laughs> too many people. Well, we told them, speak with the Lord about it, but give yeah. us a moment. We'll be through in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, he he did. He was he was gracious enough to let us finish the service. And um, about three years after, I the Lord spoke to me clear as we are now, Brad. Yeah. He said, Ernest, your time is done. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, wait, out of all the work I done done? Yeah, we just got it going, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's out, out, it's out. And I kept saying me. Yeah. And God looked at me and said, see, that's what I'm talking about. Right, right. Now it's time for you to move because you think you did it. Yes, yeah. And he humbled me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I have greater things in store. Yeah. And I walked away. I did, and uh, uh, it it was a uh, that was a very I, I would say sad day, yeah, uh, but a joyous one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did. I I gave him my last Sunday, and I was sitting on the staircase of uh, one of the schools, and my phone rang. Yeah. And um, it was the personnel committee from First Shallow Water. All right. Now, in this whole time, there was only one person sitting on that committee that knew me. Right. And so um, they said, uh, Ernest, uh, is this brother Ernest? I said, yeah. He said, hey, this is First Shallow Water. We like to hire you. I said, to do, do what? They said, it's the same thing you're doing there. Just we need you to come over as associate pastor. And I said, how, how are we going to do this? And they said, um, we will, um, we can just interview you right now. Yeah. I said, no, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> I, I, I need to, I need to come in for an interview. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I did. And I walked in and, and I, I think that was the right answer. Yeah. And, uh, some of the people looked and they, they was like, uh, they just looked sort of stung for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I could tell what was going through the head. Right. So those of you listening, okay, if you don't know Ernest, and you you know, you can't see as you listen to a podcast, Ernest is a beautiful African-American man. Okay. And so when he's talking about the personnel committee, he was like a little stunned at first. I don't know that they were expecting Ernest to walk in as a candidate for associate pastor. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so they were in shock. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, I said, that's why I said you needed to see me. Right, yes. And they said, well, you, you, we've heard of your work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, well, now we can talk. Right. My work in the Lord. Yeah. And so I sat down and um, I, I they was asking, do anyone have questions? And no one did. Yeah. Except for one guy, uh-huh. Dora Greenway. Okay. All right. Uh, he was one of the deacons uh, that had first, one of the first ones that were with the church when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Doyle said, y'all act like you're scared of him. He said, <laughs> I asked him a question. <laughs> and Doyle asked me a question that is a stumper for any pastor or minister in the gospel. Right. How much you want to get paid? Oh man, yeah, I hate that's that a question. Loaded question. That's a loaded <laughs> yeah. question. I went immediately into prayer. Right. I said, Lord, you got to help me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I should say. And and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, told me to reach in your pocket uh-huh. and don't even fumble around and pull out whatever you find and set it on the table. Yeah. And I did. I reached in my pocket and I was shocked. Yeah. Because a thin dime came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a dime. <laughs> and everyone started laughing. Uh-huh. But that's when the spirit went to work. Yeah. When everyone started laughing, all of them laughed except for Dora Greenway. He said, 
That's not funny. He just told you something very powerful. Uh He said, he just told you that he's working for the Lord and not you. Yeah. And then everything got quieter. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, they said, Ernest, we'll let you know. Okay. I, I walked out and Dora Greenway followed me and he said, uh, do you see me? I said, yes, sir. He said, I've had a massive stroke. Yeah. And he said something to me that, that, that broke the ice between us. Uh-huh. He said, uh, Lord, I woke up one morning and this stroke was on me. And the Lord told me one thing. He said, if you don't get some color in your life, uh, something worse going to happen. Uh-huh. And he looked at me, he said, you just the right color. <laughs> so that changed. <laughs> and ever since then, we, we were very close. Yeah. And I said, okay. And he said, he said, son, God put you here and you're going to be here. And yeah. don't even worry about it. That's good. Yeah. And, and we did. Lex and I came forth um, on an amazing Sunday. It was, this bridge is all the way back um, to the day that I got saved and all the way back to the day uh, uh, of my mother. And, and so it was, uh, it was uh, right around January. Uh, I want to say January the 14th or the 22nd, mm-hmm. somewhere in there um, that uh, they asked January the 16th. Okay. Yeah. They said, uh, we're going to call you before the church for a vote. Mm-hmm. And another guy, uh, he came to me and he both, he and I both were in the army because I was a retired military. Yeah. And he said that uh, you're going to be the first pastor in the history of this church that ever get a hundred percent vote of right. affirmation. Yeah. And uh, he came back later. He, he was right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he was right. And so that that's our journey began there. Yeah. And, and while I was there, you know, I every once in a while, you know, I wasn't afraid. And I just I would get up in the middle of the service and and said, hey, you know, amen. Preach it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would look at me. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's wrong? Why is he standing up in the middle of the service talking? Yeah, yeah. And and so um and somewhere at the end of service, I, a group of them came around and, and they asked. And I said, look, I said, man, my white brothers and sisters are afraid of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's I the said, truth. what is wrong with y'all? I said, loosen up a little bit, baby. <laughs> yeah. And that was my word. Awesome. And I said, it's okay to get up and talk and right. speak and say amen. Uh-huh. And I said, honestly, I was preachers like that. It yeah, encourages yeah. us. That's right. And so uh, I said, the only way I could get to say amen was the baby in me. That was a little baby back talking uh-huh. on the service. Yeah. And um, they looked at me and they said, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, we are, we'll go along with it. Huh? And I remember guests would come by the service and and I would do the same thing, and I could hear some of them whispering, oh, that's Ernest. He okay? Yeah, yeah. He's good. He's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> he just keep going. And so, and that, and that was, um, that was um, my introduction. Uh, and, and God was showing me something. Yeah. Us, my wife and I, Lexi, because we had 
this gross misperception, mm -hmm. and we thought we were the only one, that people of God was different based on your race. Hmm. And I likewise believe that that perception likewise lived uh, in first shallow water. Right. Um, and they, they, we finally got to grow and he, he taught me, he, uh, he said, I need you to release your wife. Um, hmm. And he, it pushed me back and he sent me to the scripture in first Corinthians uh, three and six, uh, where Paul was talking with the church in Corinth about division. Uh -huh. And he was saying, you know, I, I didn't do all the, the planting. Right. And, and I'm not going to do the watering. Yeah. He said, Apollo did that. Yeah. And, and, and he said, and then God intervened and brought the growth. Yeah. And so I, I was so afraid that my wife, I needed to get her taught and teach and, and get her in and, and get her really inundated into the word of God. Mm -hmm. And there was a lady there that he put forth in my midst. And that was uh, Pat McCulley, which yep. uh, I, I would be back soon to do uh, her yeah, farewell, her, her home yeah. going. Uh -huh. And so um, he told me, he said, that is who going to do the water and earn. It's going to take your hand off the plant. Right. And I did. And I laid her and I told her, I give you my wife. Mm -hmm. for you to teach her the word of God yeah. and, and to get her. Uh, and, and Pat accepted that and Lexi went in her class and she said, I think I'm going to stay here. Yeah. I said, good. Uh -huh. God has spoken. Yeah. And, and she grew in first shallow water uh -huh. like she had never grown before spiritually in her life. Yeah. That is the point in which her life transformed literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's my blessing that we received from first shallow water. Yeah. When you guys were, when y'all were here before, I actually had a conversation with your wife and she told me that story. Like she, she talked about the impact of those ladies in that class and how they taught her the word and how she just, she really, um, she really discovered a love for the word of God mm -hmm. while she was here because of the influence of those ladies in her life that, um, that, you know, she's like, I don't, I'm not sure that I would have experienced it without, without those folks in my life, you know? And I just thought, man, what a beautiful, what a beautiful testimony to the grace of God, you know, and the body of that's Christ. A, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, they came in force, uh, and, and to the point that, uh, that God began to show me that, uh, my people are my people. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you don't see any of them any different. Yeah, uh, right. They all love, and and you love all of them. Sure. And and that's what we got. Uh, I remember a time uh, uh, when I was first asked um, uh, to, uh, hey, I, I need you to do the welcome. Sure. Um, and I said, well, I said, well, okay, I'll do the welcome. Yeah. And. You know, I was excited to see the people of God. Yeah. The church was packed and mm -hmm. I jumped up and I thought uh, really, uh, I, I guess I became a cheerleader for God at the time. Yeah. And and everyone erupted and, and started clapping. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So we, and uh, they would always come up. They said, why do you used to worry babies so much? I said, because we're all babies in God. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they said, well, okay. They said, well, every time you talk, you use baby. I said, yes, baby. Yeah, yeah. And so we would, uh, and, and that's where we would go. And, and so it was during those times, during times like um, um, when there were uh, people like uh, Gary, I think, uh, mm-hmm. the music, minister music, yeah. uh, he, he was getting ready to go to um, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, men's from the uh, Texas Baptist. Yeah. And he was trying to go along. And I said, look, you need to take the church with you. Right. And he said, well, Ernest, we don't have room for all them people. Yeah. <laughs> I said, not literally. Right. Said, we need to get the church involved. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a mission. Right. Uh, and, and First Shallow Water loves missionary. Mm-hmm. I said, so let's go do it. And so we got the church involved and they came forth and and just poured out uh, blessings and yeah. prayer, fin- uh, monetary, right. uh, words of encouragement mm-hmm. uh, and all of it. And, and sent Gary off um, to Ukraine. And if you think where we are with Ukraine today and what he did before uh, God using them. Yeah, yeah. That that is a magnificent, phenomenal movement, mm-hmm. and so we we sipped him off, and Gary was in tears. Uh, yeah. He just he couldn't believe the outpour of love, yeah. and I kept telling him, I said, "These these are loving people of God." Mm-hmm. I said, "We have to. We would do them a disservice if we did not present them an opportunity to love on you, right? To show their love for God." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so th- moments like bad moments um uh, like um the the people would just they would uh would always uh we would always get cards uh, uh mm-hmm. just i mean constantly of encouragement hey we're praying for you we want you to know we love you yeah and and that's what made it so hard to leave right uh it was really hard mm-hmm. and, and the most powerful outpour of that day um, was they threw a surprise farewell for Lexi and I. Wow, cool. There was cakes everywhere, <laughs> huge cake. And and um, so we went out and we went into uh, what now is your worship center. Mm-hmm. At that point was The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Uh, the, huh, the Reach Out Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, the line was so long. There was people from the Methodist Church, from the Catholic Church, right, yeah, uh, from just the community in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed up, and pro- it appeared to wrap around the church. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, the guy that was going to preach, he came back and he said, "Look, if y'all don't leave, we're not going to be able to do the second service." <laughs> I said, "I'm trying. I'm trying." And and people would come up, the loving loving on us, and I tell you, I kept telling them, I said, please do not come to me that way. I mean, they're crying, we're crying, right, yeah, we're all crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh my. I see you guys are messing up my reputation. <laughs> I don't do this. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a, I, I would I would say, you know, clearly during your time here, 
you really did become a part of the family. And so, uh, so many folks, when they talk about you and when they, they talk about your time here, they, they just really loved you guys very much and still do. And, um, and you were part of the community, you were part of the church, but I've always found it really fascinating because, you know, I don't know, you know, that was kind of a work of the Holy Spirit. For if you're, for those who are listening to the podcast, you, you might not know very much about First Shallow Water, but our community, um, you know, there, there's not a, there's not a, a really large minority population in our community at all. Uh, very few African Americans, Americans that live in, in shallow water. And, and so conversely, you know, the church is like that too, you know, and so, and so, uh, the fact that the the way that the Lord has gifted you and the way that you were able to minister here and the way that people were able to see the love of Christ in you and then and then the way the Spirit worked in them to just invite you guys into their hearts and into their uh, families. And um, it really is just a beautiful picture of what the kingdom of God's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to Amen. operate, you know? So uh, anyway, so I love hearing hearing the hearing Ernest Hopkins stories, you know, from back in the day. That's that's good stuff. So, okay, so Ernest, talk about because I don't know, maybe some people haven't even heard this, you know, who've known you for a while. But but can you just talk talk about your faith story? How did you come to faith in Christ? You know, what what kind of led you up to that moment? How, you know, who who were people involved in that? T- tell me about your faith story. Okay. Uh, I- I'm just going to go back just a little bit. And I, okay. I remember early on, uh, it was uh, my mother was a nurse and uh-huh. she would always go to work. And one day uh, I was the oldest and it was five of us, two girls and three boys. And we almost burnt the kitchen down of the house. <laughs> and so she had to switch her shift right, uh, yeah. to get a, an awkward shift because we were trying to cook lunch. Yeah. And, that didn't it work didn't for six-year-olds yeah. and, and, yeah. and stuff. And so um, she would always fix her shift that she would be home by noon. Uh-huh. And so I remember she would come home and I, I would rub her feet. And and I remember distinctly uh, sitting back in the day uh, that uh, JFK mm. uh, was assassinated uh, in 63. It was in November. Yeah, uh, I, I remember it was the last day of the week for her. I, I, I remember because I had hurt my shoulder at school. Yeah. Uh, and she was putting some ointment on it or something. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I would always rub her feet and we would sit down and watch television. And one day she came home um, that day. Uh, uh, as I look back and recall, it was June the 24th. Uh, in 65. I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. My mother came down and sat with me. She said, whatever you do, she said, if anything ever happened to me, I need you to keep brothers and sisters together. Right. And I said, well, are you going somewhere? She said, well, no, no. I said, well, then, you know, that's not my job. Right. Uh, I, that's your job. Uh, and so she said, well, just remember what I said. And I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, so we uh, went on and Later, she went and told, she had told me I was rubbing her feet. She said, go get the neighbors for me. Uh, that was Miss Smith. And um, I went next door and I told her, I said, my mom needs you. Yeah. When I came over, they rushed all the kids out of the house. And uh, an ambulance pulled up in front of the house and uh, walked in, uh, put my mother on a stretcher and took her away. Oh, man. Uh, that uh, day. Um, was the last day in June. It was a very hot day that I'd seen my mother. They carried her away in a 
she I never see her again. Oh, Ernest. And so she died that day. Yeah. But let me tell you what God had in plan. We moved from house to house for about two years. Right. And one day, I remember my mom telling me, you need to tell everyone you see what I told you. Right. That we need to stay together. Yeah. And so I, I began to voice that. And finally, I remember one day um, my maternal grandfather took me to this huge building, this office that is bigger than life. Mm-hmm. And this man who I deem bigger than life, right? Uh, his name, uh, uh, I can't even remember the judge's name right now, but yeah. anyway, um, he looked at me. He said, son, do you have something to tell me? I said, no, sir. I was too afraid. Right. And uh, he said, you sure? I said, well, no, sir. I don't have anything to tell you. He said, maybe something your mother told you. Mm. I said, oh, yeah. I said, she said we had to stay together. And my family was in the room. And some of them say, I'll take the girls. And others say, I'll take the boys. And one said, I'll take the boys and not that one. Yes, right. Uh, And so there was was another gentleman, very tall in statue, uh, head looks like mine now, bald. Yeah, yeah, mine too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he stood, he came forward and he said, uh, I'll take them all. Mm. That was my fraternal grandfather. Okay. When we got to his house, we had one room. Okay. You go to church on Sunday, unless you did. Yeah. I don't care if you got a cold. That's a good rule. (laughs) You go to church every Sunday and you get up to go to Sunday school. Yep. And then you stay to service and then you come home and eat lunch. And then you go back for BTU. For most of you that don't know, it's Baptist training you. Yep. Oh, yeah. Eating in church. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so we stayed in church all day. It was a true Baptist church. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I was sort of pushed back on that because I, I one day I, he came to me and he wanted to know why I was I crying. And I, I explained to him, I said, Every Sunday, you make me go to church. Mm. I said, you make me go to church to, to, in other words, to worship the one person that could have saved my mother and did oh, the one person man. that loved me. Right, right. And, and I said, I, I don't understand why that would happen Yeah. and why you would want me to go there every Sunday. Yeah. Um, and my grandfather told me, he said, I want you to ask God. Well, if you don't know, in and I, I don't, but in that church, we was told emphatically, you do not question God. Right. I don't care what he did. Yeah. And so he'll strike you down. That yes. was the word. Right. Yeah. And so we were afraid to ask God why. Yeah, I remember. And so, yeah, my grandfather had told me, he said, you ask him. It's okay. Good. Trust me, he loved you enough that he won't strike you down for asking. That's right. And and I did. I asked the question. And God explained to me, and, the, and it was, you know, the spirit just came and explained to me in so many words that if 
this had never happened. Your mother loved y'all so much that she was so busy working. Your father was in jail and she was just trying to survive for you. Right. And so I, I displaced you and put you in a place that someone that could take the time and introduce you to me. Yeah. And so I didn't take your mother, but I am going to feel that forward. Yeah. Uh, and he did. Uh, my, my grandfather, the Reverend Fred J. Hopkins Sr. All right. And he would, uh, he taught me and, and he got me, once he got me through that and he told me, uh, he said, I want you to read through Luke. Yeah. And, and come back. And this took me a while now. I was uh -huh. a kid. Yeah, right. And then he said, I need you to go through John. Uh -huh. And so when we got through, man, about almost a year had gone. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I just didn't every day, but I, I would spend time and ask him questions. And, uh, and so he, uh, there was a deacon at the church. His name was Deacon Moss. He, uh, it goes me back again to first Corinthians three and six. Yeah. That one, one plant, one water. Yeah. And God through the growth. Mm -hmm. And so Deacon Moss, uh, pulled me into his class. And, uh, and so he taught uh, me, uh, he took time to walk me through the word of God. Yeah. And when he finished that church had a very, uh, unique way of keeping college kids or college students engaged in the church and in the word of God, uh -huh. they would grant them. The guy named was Elliot. He was at Gramlin state university. Uh -huh. uh, he was my mentor. Okay. And so he had to drive back, uh, every two weeks. Wow. To sit down with me and talk with me and, from and pray with me from Grambling. From Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> to Athens, Georgia. Yeah. And so he would come back though, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget Elliot. Uh, and he would mentor me through to the point that I, I finally I, I told him, I said, I, I think uh, I'm ready to turn my soul over to God. Wow. Uh, and he uh, he walked me through it. And he told me, he said, on Sunday, I need you to go down front. And in Baptist churches, you know, your 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 professional faith yeah. uh, that you've done publicly would be done twice. Uh -huh. Once when you walk down in front of the church and the second one when you got baptized. When baptized right. Yeah. So I walked down and did it. And and uh, and I was on it. It was the I, I remember I, I was 11 years old. And it was um, the, the last Sunday of the month in June, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. And and this was uh, uh, I, I was I did that, and and so they baptized on first Sunday. Okay. And so the very next Sunday, I had to be ready. Yeah. Right. And we baptized outside. We had okay. a pool, a baptism pool outside. Yeah. And and it was like your birthday, uh, yeah. is what it was. It was <laughs> like your birthday, and so you you don't forget those days, right? Uh, and then uh, I remember uh, Deacon Moss uh, start mentoring me right afterward and turned me to what we call we start a new ministry called Junior Deacons. Yeah, and so I, I did that, and 
And on the fourth Sunday, uh, which was uh, in July, about 28th, I think it was, that I got a chance to not only take the Lord's Supper, but to serve the Lord's Supper. Wow. Uh, on that Sunday. And that so, cool. yeah. And so that's, that's, you know, and some of the pivotal moments, uh, you know, when I graduated from high school, I sort of drifted away from God. And so uh, there was a, a time in my life before I joined the army. Um, there was a guy that, uh, his name was Jody Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, and I was conversing that morning. Yeah. And uh, that evening, that after, no, that later that morning, um, Jody was found dead. Oh, no. Yeah. And so that reflected back on me. And I'm like, I've got to change my life back. I've got to go back to what I remember right. where I was taught. Yeah. And I remember uh, leaving town. I remember walking uh, probably about three hours. Mm. And I went to, I said, I've got to leave this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm going to be dead. Right. I went to the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, and each one of them, one of them would take me, but you can, you have to leave later. Yeah. And the Army was the only one that says, you can go, if you join now, I will drive you to Atlanta so you can get sworn in. All right. I said, you're the one. <laughs> and I did. And and so uh, that was a, a that was a pivotal point in my life that I, I, I remember the verse saying that if you teach a kid in the way they should go, when they grow older, they would not forget. Right. Uh, and so I, that verse came very clear to me. Also, what came very clear to me that, that God put on my heart was uh, was in John, uh, John 5, uh, uh, 1 through 11. It was uh, the man at the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That God walked around and said, uh, he said, do you want to be right. made well? And, and, the, and the man, he told him, get up. Mm-hmm. And so I was in that same scenario. Yeah. Because the appearance is that that man was saved at some point, uh-huh. and, and but he was he was uh, he, he was an invalid. Yeah, and so uh, at that point he said, "Well, then pick up your mat and walk." Yeah, and it was like I was rolling up my mat, and I picked it up, and I began to walk, realizing what God was doing. Right, right. Um, now. I, I don't want to get religious with you, but I'm I'm just saying <laughs> this is real. This is what happened to me. Yeah, and and that was the verse. And so I was like, I was that man, mm-hmm. and that verse became my life verse. Right. That that God has already done the work. Now yeah. you got to do something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You can't continue the way that you're going. If you need to change your life, then you got to do something. Well, and that, you know, that passage is so awesome too, Ernest, because he starts off with that question, do you want to be made well? And, you know, the reality is that sometimes when we're laying there beside that pool and we're, and we're just kind of lost in our own, our own sin and our own brokenness, we don't, we don't really want to be made well, (laughs) you know? We don't. And, And so that's a really powerful and important question to have to answer first. Do I really, because if I, if I am made well, it means my life changes you know there's a lot of Amen. things that, and and sometimes we're scared of change you know even when it's good preacher. so 
you know, that's, you know, and, and I see that in you, right? The Lord's like, do you want to be made well? And finally you were able to say, yeah, I do. And he's like, all right, well, get your mat, you know, and let's walk, you know? Let's walk. And, uh, yeah. and, and then, you know, and, and what that did, well, that took you all kinds of places once you started walking with the Lord. You never would have dreamed that you would go, you know? Never. Let me tell you, my entire life turned. Um, and I would always remember and I would always reflect back mm-hmm. uh, to what I was taught earlier and uh, I would use it. And so throughout my 20 years, you know, I would pray to God and ask him, not necessarily for myself, but for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when, just for instance, when the war in Iraq started right. and I was selected to train people to ship them over there. Yeah. But they wouldn't send me. I was only sending people. Right. And I would pray. I was like, God, please don't let me be the one that have to go to a mother or wife or yes. child and tell them that their loved one have died. Yeah. And do you know that was so phenomenal that every person that I I bathed in prayer every day and I would write their names down. Yeah. And I would pray for them every day. And they feel blessed. I told them I was blessed right? because they all returned. Wow. Yeah. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I told them, I said, I pray for you every day. Yeah. That's so good. Your return. And, and, and you know, God said, you have not cause you asked not. So I yeah. asked. I'm always asking. That's right. <laughs> I'm always asking. I may not get all that I'm asking for right. because all is not good for me. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, that happened. And so, that became my, my life verse uh, that I look at. Mm. How long were you I in the remember. army? 20 years and six months. Wow. Man, that's yeah. a, that's a, I mean, amazing. You sound, so my, my father-in-law was in the air force for 25 mm-hmm. years and he retired from the air force and became a youth minister at a church. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now he, now he pastors a little church, you know, down there in San Angelo, but you guys sound like, there's some similarities in your journey, you know? So yeah, that's there's so much ministry that you can, you know, court, you know, 20 something years, he was testifying yes. to the grace of God, you know, to the folks that, that he worked with every day. And uh, yes. that's some good ministry. And, and it, it, you know, God was telling me, uh, just like I told you before, mm-hmm. you don't have to wave a flag to show people you black, do you? Right. I swear, yeah. No. <laughs> He said, well, you don't have to wave a flag to show people that you that you are mine, that That's you're right. a Christian. Yeah. He says, your walk. Mm-hmm. They will know you by your walk. Right, right, right. And 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 that's where we were, you know, and I walked. And that's where I met my loving wife uh, mm-hmm. uh, 42 years. Uh, uh, I, I, I was so embedded into the historical movement of when you marry a woman. I told her, I said, I got I to gotta meet your grandfather since yeah. he raised you. And I got to ask his permission. Yeah, right. She said, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, I did. And uh, and he he told me, he said, look, he said, she's a good woman. He uh-huh. said, you'll never find one better. Yeah. He said, uh, she will always be by your side. Yeah. And he said one thing that stung me. He said, if you can stand her. Ah. I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> he he was telling me that no one controls her. She's yeah. her own woman. That's right. And, and and not even you. 
mm-hmm. are going to control. And so when, even when she got ready to, to, she came to me and she said, uh, one day she said, I'm, I, I want to know more about the Lord. And yeah. I, we went through this process and I kept explaining to us. Well, I said, I, I want you to read Matthew 24. I said, you know, God said, I mean, uh, 28. And he said, uh, when he gave the great commission, I said, so you, you got to be baptized. And she said, well, the spirit hadn't told me that yet. Right. And she went for another few years and finally she came forth and said, okay, I'm ready to be baptized. Yeah. And I was like, out of all of that, I'm trying to convince her. Right. She had to own her own uh-huh. and her and God communion and say, okay, I'm ready to be yeah. baptized. Yeah. And and she did. And uh, and when she did, uh, my daughter had uh, got me really upset with her on some things she had done. Mm-hmm. And so I would bring her to church with me. I said, look, let me explain something to you. I said, now, I said, if you don't know, I'm going to flash back to the old days. I said, if you ever been to and I use these words, yeah, a black church, we yeah. stay in church all day. Yeah. I said, so. When I move, you move. That's right. <laughs> Get ready. And my wife, yeah, my wife told me, she said, look, she's going to sleep back there. I said, don't worry about it. When the Holy Spirit want her, he'll reach under that chair and get her. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so she gave her soul over to Christ. Yeah, yeah. And my oldest. And 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 so that's the story of they all got baptized on the same day. Oh, that's wonderful. And that blessed my heart. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and so God, you know, he looked and and I was just blessed with all of that. And all of this time happened uh, at that point. Um, So, you know, that's. that's, Ernest, I already know, like next time I look out when I'm preaching, I see somebody asleep. I'm going to be like, that's all right. When the Holy Spirit wants them, he's going to reach down into that chair and grab them. I'm just going to tell myself that. That's a good word right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, so um, so your family has, you know, uh, has, has walked with Christ. You, you guys, you know, um, and, and then did ministry together for, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of years and uh, and served out of here at, at, at Shallow Water. Met a lot of great people out here. Your, your job out here, you kind of had like a jack of all trades out here. You did like outreach and and senior adult ministry is that right am i getting it right what all did you do I, out here whatever you know uh, you senior pastors should know this it's whatever the senior pastor don't want to do ah, that's what the that's associate. what the associate pastor does <laughs> so, so i i did uh all of the ministry at the was under my umbrella um uh, uh ministry fair that we had there on bringing people to ministry. Yeah. Uh, I know, I remember being there and God had told me, he said, look, if you want people to see my glory, he said, you first have to get them uh, to, to come in and, uh, and to grow in his yeah. word. Yeah. And so, right. and so we, you know, through the work of the, all of the ministers there uh, that helped and was there, you know, we we grew the the uh, life groups. Yeah, I mean, they went from maybe fifty to about eighty percent. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, every time you joined, you had to come through earnings. Yeah. So I 
I required that you had to show me. Uh, I said, test driver a ministry. Right. I just need you to just do it three times. Mm-hmm. And and history shows us that if you can get somebody to do something three times, they're stuck there. Yeah, yeah, right. And I said, I need you to find a life group. Mm-hmm. You already come to church. Yeah. I said, I need you to do those two things. Yeah. And it blew up. Yeah. And people were serving everywhere. I told them, if, if you don't like what we got available, you create one. That's right. Yeah. There you go. And, and we'll move on. Don't tell me uh, they would come and say, well, that's not my gift. Okay. Well, whatever your gift is, we can turn it for good at the Lord. That's right. What you want it to be. Yeah. And people would hate to talk to me because <laughs> at that point. Now they had another, they had to find a ministry or develop a ministry. Yeah. Right. If you can, yeah. if you can't find one, then you get to make one. I love that. You get to, that's right. Oh, that's good. We, uh, you know, I think sometimes we, um, we're not maybe aware or we don't really think about, you know, we were made, we were made to live in community with one another. That's what the way the Lord right. made us. We will never be who God has created us to be unless we're living life with one another. And that's what life groups and grow groups, that's what that's about is about. Absolutely. It's about us living accountable with one another. That's the way God designed us to live. And, and, and we'll never, you said it like I, you know, we'll, we see the glory of God whenever, whenever we're rooted in his word and wherever we're serving him, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not, if, if we're not doing those two things, then, then, then we're not going to see the hand of the Lord move. You know, Never. that's how we, that's how we experience the, the goodness and the mercy of God in our lives is when we're serving other people, you know, and we're doing that out of this bedrock of the truth of his word. And Amen. so, yeah, we, that it's such a, such an important thing. If, if you're listening to our podcast and you've been coming to our church, but you're not in a, in a grow group and you're, or you're not in a, you're not serving on one of our serve teams, man, let's get that straight. We come talk to me. You can email us at the church. You can, grab me after worship service on Sunday. We've got just, I just want you to try it three times. Just, (laughs) I just want you to try it three times. So, but we'll get you a, we'll get you a place where you can plug in and, and, and try something new. That's good, man. Ernest, thanks for, I got one more question for you. Okay. And, uh, and I think, I think this would be an important, uh, you know, the, the way you answer this would be important for our folks to hear, you know, you served on staff at this church you know, as a, as a racial and ethnic minority in a community where, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a lot of folks like you in, a, in the community and in the church, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it, this, it's this way everywhere, but, but sometimes like the worlds, <clears throat> the worlds that we live in and the worlds that we kind of operate in, we don't often bump up against people who are different than us. We tend to surround mm-hmm. ourselves with people who are like us. And so That's right. sometimes maybe it's hard for us to, you know, to think about, you know, the, 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 the life, the experiences, the perspective of somebody that's different than us, because we don't really know many folks like that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it'd be good. W- would you mind maybe just sharing what's one thing that you, that you would like for, you know, folks like me, for the, you know, the, the, the folks who, you know, white, white folks who gr- grew up, you know, in, in, in white families, you know what I mean? What's the one thing that you would want for us to know about your experience as a black man? Like what, what do we, what's the one thing you would like for us to know about, about you and your culture and, and you know, that maybe we don't know, or maybe we don't pay attention to as much. I I would say this. um, And, and it's amazing that you asked me that question because I was just just confronted with it. Mm. And it's this, is that a lot of times, um, 
when I come forth with things, and I, I did it with Shallow Water, and they understood this. Yeah. I said, I'm, sh- I'm opening up to you. I'm showing you my pain. Right. I'm not being political. Right, yes. It's the pain that I'm living with. Yes. And and one of the things that I would do is that this, uh, in, in, in light of, of, um, of a lot of the recent events that came about, yeah. uh, I would tell people, People would ask me, said, um, how do you want to respond uh, to all the black men being killed uh, by police? Yeah. I said, the way my father taught me, mm-hmm. and that is put your nine, your hand at nine and three and shut up, answer questions, <laughs> and then move on because you're not the one in control. Right. And so my, my, my life experience and showed me is that uh, please understand that we're not all in one umbrella. Yeah. I had to learn that as well. Yeah. That I had to separate people based on who they are. Uh-huh. And that if, if a person come, uh, and I brought up one of the things, I just brought up something at my church and, and one of the elders said, well, don't, we don't want to get political. I said, I'm not being political. Right. I said, it's the other P. It's the pain that I've been living with for being here. Yes, right. And that is, I need to know if we're a church that are all races united in Christ, we have to reflect that. Right. And so it's not a political statement. It's a pain statement. Yeah. That is something that's been living with that I'm bringing forth. Mm-hmm. And so I ask people, I said, ask that question. Mm-hmm. Is it political? Or is this pain that you're living with? Yeah. And if it's pain, talk to me. Let's pray about it. Yes. Yeah. Don't automatically label it as political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that we just have a problem with maybe in our culture, Ernest, is that, you know, we tend to hear people who disagree with us or, or who they have a perspective maybe that we're not familiar. Let me say it that way. Mm-hmm. People grew up, you know, and they experienced different things from me. You know, like people, you know, I've, I got, I have uh, African-American friends that have, have had very different interactions with the police than I've ever had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so when they tell me their story, right, um, I can't just, like, argue against that. So, oh, no, you know, or, and I can't just dismiss it either, right? They're, right. they're talking about their experience. They're talking about the, you know, what, what they've lived with and what they've had to deal with and what they've experienced over the course of their lives. And sometimes we just don't want to listen to each other, Ernest. You know, we just don't want to. And uh, and and I think, boy, if we if we could ever get to the point where where I could just listen to you, tell me what you've experienced and 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 life from your perspective, all these things from your perspective, without feeling like I needed to jump in and correct you or whatever, you know, if I could just listen to you, like th- a lot of the problems in our world would be fixed if people would just listen to each other, you know, to each other, yeah. Yeah. It's both ways. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And we just yeah. have a problem with it. Like we, we live in a culture that just wants to, we just want to, we just want to fight, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we don't, we don't always listen. So anyway, I, and and let I, me give you this one more thing before yeah, come we on. leave. That's good. Yeah. And, and that is this. I remember when, when first shallow water hired me on mm-hmm. and my brethren, my, my black pastors uh, would come right. to me and said, uh, Hey man, uh, isn't it hard being there? Right. I said, what do you mean? They mm-hmm. said, you know. I said, help me understand. Right. And he would point at his skin. Yes, right. And I said, and I said, 
oh man i see you think they know i'm black (laughs) (laughs) so you see I took a moment and made light of it. Sure, yeah. Because joy uh, sues all. Uh-huh. And I had to let him know. I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, you the only one that ever brought that up. I said, no one in shallow water even spoke about it. Right, yeah, I yeah. Said, I didn't even know I was black until you said it. Until you said it, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah I said, Not a, so so I, I just tell you, don't make assumptions yeah. on both either side of the aisle. Don't mm-hmm. make assumptions. I think people take people for who they are. Yeah. And the people of God, you know, I don't know. It's really tough to say this because of the climate that we're in right now. But, Mm -hmm. but, but people who love Jesus are generally a a lot more accepting and loving, you Mm -hmm. know, than we think they are. The problem is that, you know, they don't, they're not often given the opportunity like like first shallow I was given with you to interact with you on a on a one-on-one basis to get to know you as a man to understand there you go to understand who you are and how you love Christ and how you wanted to serve Christ like they tend to kind of look at these big overarching issues in our world mm-hmm. and 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 not understand how those big overarching issues are actually connected to people that we can know and we can talk to and we can actually hear their heart you know what i mean Yes. And uh, and so the, what a wonderful blessing that this church was given to be able to get to know you and your family and uh, and open up their hearts to you. And uh, and then what a great opportunity for you guys, too, you know, because Amen. because you're right. Like a lot of people, a lot of African-American pastors would assume, man, that would be really hard to be, you know, mm-hmm. one of the few black families in the whole town. You know, that would be really hard. And but then when you got out of here, these people loved you, you know, like yeah. crazy. Love donuts. Yeah, yes. and surprised, you know, probably even surprised you more than you even thought, you know, because of the way the Holy Spirit works. Absolutely. And the same true yeah. on the other side. Like, you know, mm-hmm. probably a lot of folks who got to know you are like, wow, you know, uh, I really like Ernest. He's a really sincere follower of Jesus. And, and there's a lot more folks like him, you know, over in those parts of Lubbock that I try to avoid. You know what I mean? And Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a, the beauty of the gospel. If we let it do what it's going to do. Right. If we Amen. let the gospel do what it's supposed to do, supposed it brings to us together, you know, and uh, but because, you know, there's not any of us that deserve the love of Jesus anyway, you know, not a one. So. So, well, listen, Ernest, thank you for your for joining me. I just let me tell you something, you know, all the stuff that I have heard about you doesn't even come close to uh, to the actual man, Ernest, beyond <laughs> legendary. So I'm really grateful that you and I have been able to become friends. And you know you're welcome out here anytime. Our folks love you, and uh, it's been a real joy getting to know you. And I appreciate you spending some time just sharing your life story with us, man. What, that was awesome. Thank man. you very much. Well, thank you for the invitation, Brad. I'm All right. blessed to have you as a friend. Yeah, the Lord is good, isn't he? He's good. He brings us together like that. It's good. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.